The longer lament is by the merchants of the earth. And we'll see these are the magnates, the power behind the throne, the uh, those whose relationship to Babylon is not politics per se, but economy. In Revelation 18.11, it says the merchants of the earth weep and mourn over her because no one buys their cargoes anymore. Now, these merchants are not just uh, the ones who show up on the, at the port. These are the ones who are in charge of the, uh, of the trade affairs. These merchants would be the ones at the head of the chain, uh, the George Soros's, if you will. These merchants of the earth were given more explanation about their, uh, their position and status on earth at that time in Revelation 18, verse 23, uh, where it says, your merchants were the great men of the earth because all nations were deceived by your sorcery. These merchants are described as great men on the earth, and we've seen these before. All the way back in Revelation chapter 16, at the beginning of judgment, we've got bookends here. The same characters are in play at the beginning of judgment as are at the end of judgment. It says, then the kings of the earth and the great men and the commanders and the rich and the strong and every slave and free man hid themselves in caves and among the rocks and of the mountains. They said to the mountains and to the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of their wrath has come and he who is able or and who is able to stand. So that was how judgment began with the first great cataclysm that was not um, world destroying, but it was world upheaving. Um, all places on earth were affected by that earthquake. And here the earthquake that comes at Armageddon is one that is going to level the mountains and the islands. This is a different earthquake that comes in Revelation chapter 16 that we're um, actually backtracking a bit here and filling in the details immediately before it in Revelation 18. These merchants also weep and mourn over the destruction of Babylon, but they don't weep and mourn for her, for her destruction, or for the kings whose power is diminished. They weep and mourn for their own relationship to her because now no one is going to be, or there is no market for their cargoes. Um, a better word for cargoes here is simply merchandise. The market has been shut down because this is the, the head of the world market the World Trade Center in its uh, truest sense. <clears throat> but now all of these items, the merchandise that they can't sell anymore, that they did sell through Babylon are enumerated in great detail. Uh, we actually get 28 different items that they sell, but they all come in categories. John is going to lump some of these together. The first of these merchandise are gold, silver, precious stones, and pearls. Gold and silver is uh, kind of a metric of value. So he starts with those because the value system is going to be taken out from under them as well. Uh, it's not likely that they'll be on any gold standard, but still in times of trouble, especially in times of inflation, which the tribulation period will be, gold and silver become uh, a symbol of stability. And here, that stability is taken out from under them. As well, precious stones and pearls, these are luxury items, but they are still 
some of the most uh, valuable items on earth. They're also related here to the woman herself in chapter 17, verse 4. It said that the woman was clothed in purple and scarlet, and she was adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls. So the same things which were sold through this city also decorated this city. There were also fine linens and purples and silks and scarlet. Um, this, this and the previous probably speaks to the fashion industry. Um, fine linens and silks would be some of the best clothing available. This is not just run-of-the-mill clothing and then purples and scarlets are the, uh, are the most difficult colors to make. Purple is extracted one drop at a time from a fish called a mollux, and the scarlet is extracted from beetles, or perhaps, uh, depending on what kind of scarlet this is, it's extracted from oak trees. And so these in John's day were some of the most impressive uh, articles of clothing that could be purchased. And this may be his way of indicating that it is high fashion that uh, makes its way through Babylon. Also, these are the colors associated with the beast, the uh, king of the earth, and the woman herself, the capital city of the earth. The beast is a scarlet beast. The woman was clothed in purple and scarlet. Um, it speaks probably of its royalty or its position of royalty over the earth. The next category here <clears throat> Uh, the first ones I might mention just in the Greek, all those words that are highlighted gold, silver, precious stones, pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, scarlet, these are all in what's called the genitive case, meaning they are uh, describing the noun that goes before it, merchandise. Here, these break out of the genitive pattern and they move to an accusative pattern. Uh, which means they are equal or equal to merchandise, but not describing the merchandise. These are other things or other kinds of cargo um, that are traded through Babylon. So this is every kind of citron wood. Uh, this is also called uh, thion wood. It is, uh, at least in John's day, some of the most sought after wood. You've probably seen it in furniture before. Um, it kind of looks like a peacock uh, feather pattern or a leopard skin pattern. And it is uh, it was used back then, or it was only able to be afforded by kings and the richest of the rich in society. The citron wood, it came from Northern Africa. Ivory as well, which came from Africa. And uh, I think, yeah, primarily Africa. And these were both symbols of luxury and wealth. And then the third one in this category is articles made from, uh, and then it lists a bunch of different um, kinds of articles. Now these articles probably speaks to furniture. Um, it's actually the word in Greek for vessels. So it could be even things like dressers and armoires and uh, just those more costly furniture items. Uh, these were made from very costly wood, from bronze, iron, and from marble. Um, again, some of the most expensive items available. 
as well, there were cinnamon, spices, incense, perfumes, and frankincense. Frankincense was one of the most expensive uh, incense. Uh, and then these cinnamon spices, frankincense, these were all used um, to, or these are all vanity products, I guess you could say. They're either used to scent a person or some of these like cinnamon spice and frankincense are used to flavor wine. Then we get food items, wine, olive oil, fine flour and wheat. Now notice this is fine flour and not just flour. Uh, these items are the uh, top of the top of food items. Uh, the word for wheat um, can either be wheat or corn. It probably just speaks to agricultural products. The hub of all these agricultural um, trade goes through Babylon. Now this uh, is where things get kind of interesting. First, considering all of these items so far have been luxury items, not survival items. Um, then keeping in mind that we are at the end of a seven year tribulation period, which has been a period of famine, disease, and death. Uh, we want to recall back to the third seal judgment, the, uh, the third horse of the apocalypse, where we saw inflation and, uh, and famine beginning. It says, when he broke the third seal, I heard the third living creature saying, come. I looked and behold a black horse and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard something like a voice in the center of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius, three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not damage the oil or the wine. So my comments had been on this that, uh, well, first a quart of wheat or three quarts of barley, which is a lower grade of wheat, um, this essentially means that one whole day's salary will, um, will make one meal for one person. Um, so each person would have to work a full day just to get one third of their daily food. Uh, so this is very high inflation. It's going to cause a lot of death. But the luxury items, the oil and the wine, it says not to damage those. The luxury items are going to be preserved for the upper echelon but even the bare essentials for the lower echelon of people will not be available. <clears throat> so this is a corrupt government and a corrupt economic system, in other words. Next, we get cattle, sheep, horses, and chariots. Now, cattle was uh, not really a common meat used uh, back in John's day. Sheep was a lot more common, um, either lamb or goat were the more common meats. So these probably are not speaking of food. However, they could be part of that food category. Uh, I think it's, it may be better to count them here as um, transportation, or at least John is looking at them as transportation. These cattle, um, sheep, and cargoes, or merchandise of horses and chariots, now, chariots is kind of an interesting word in the Greek here. It does not mean the two-wheeled war chariot. 
it is a four-wheeled chariot used for transport. Um, so this could be John looking into the future and seeing automobiles and not knowing what to call them. So he calls them whatever their word for a four-wheeled vehicle is. Uh, these were all being traded here at Babylon. And then lastly, and most concerning, is slaves and human lives. The word for slaves here is actually not the more common Greek word for slaves, although it can be used for slaves. Doulos is the usual word for slaves. Soma is the word used here, and soma literally means flesh or the body. Um, so these are bodies being um, used like cargo, used like merchandise traded in Babylon. Uh, and I, I don't think it is speaking of old world type slavery, selling a person like uh, on the slave market. Uh, but this probably is speaking of things like uh, prostitution and human trafficking. Um, this would be a hub for human trafficking. Uh, and I think that's why in the um, text here, they have to clarify because this is kind of a, a dehumanizing term to use, the soma. So then he used his anthropos suke, which uh, literally means the breath of life of human beings. Uh, I, uh, I have to play around with this a little bit more, uh, but it seems to me that these, uh, these soma, these slaves don't even need to be alive. It could be the, uh, the merchandise of, for example, aborted fetal body parts. Uh, that might be something that they are trading here at Babylon. It is those human beings which are or were human lives. So that is all of the luxury items that are uh, finding their way through Babylon. Babylon is the hub for these merchants to trade in these items. And when it is destroyed, the items are destroyed along with it. And the lament continues, the fruit you long for has gone from you, and all the things that were luxurious and splendid have passed away from you, and men will no longer find them. The merchants of these things who became rich from her will stand at a distance because of the fear of her torment, weeping and mourning. Now the word for fruit used here is specifically referring to autumn fruit or fruit that is about to be harvested or needs to be harvested. And uh, the longing for is, um, is a phrase that would mean your soul's desire. So this uh, ready to be harvested merchandise that is the um, desire of these merchants' um, souls, they are not able to acquire. It has been destroyed before they have uh, realized the gained profits off of it. And that's what they're mourning. They weren't able to sell these products or move these products through Babylon before it was destroyed. So they're not mourning the loss of life. They're not mourning the loss of the city or anything. They're mourning their, uh, their inability to gain a profit off of it. Now it summarizes all those items by all that which was luxurious and splendid. All the things that were luxurious and splendid have passed away from you and men will no longer find them. 
Um, no, I think he's using a bit of um, alliteration here. This word luxurious is liparos or liparos, and the splendid is lampros. These sound pretty good together in the Greek, uh, lipros kai lamp, lampros. Um, sounds probably better when a Greek person says it than when I say it. But uh, <clears throat> the luxurious items, the word that he uses to describe the luxurious items uh, fits only really well with um, the spices and ointments and such, um, the ripe food. It, it's the same Greek root word where we get fat from, like lipids. Uh, this is going to be like greases and oils, but those things which are luxurious. It's also a word that fits pretty well with ripe autumn fruit. You could think of the, um, the sap dripping out of a tree or the juices dripping out of a fruit. That's what this uh, lipros means in the Greek. And then the splendid, splendid the lampros, um, is probably a little better translated, the luxurious, all those luxury items and that were non-perishables, but perished nonetheless. Uh, but here it says that they have passed away from you and men will no longer find them. That means um, the supply chain for these items have been cut off completely on the earth. All trade was going through Babylon. And so the merchants of these things, um, it spent about a verse and a half listing 28 different items and then a little summary. So John is reminding you who he's speaking of. He's still speaking of the merchants and the merchants were in charge of selling these items or moving these items through. It was their product that they would profit off of. They became rich off of the woman. Uh, <clears throat> Now notice, they are becoming rich while not only most of the lower echelon of the world is becoming poor or not even able to afford food, but their corrupt economic system has also banned certain people from being able to participate in the economics. Um, for example, no one will be able to buy or sell except for the one who has the mark. So in order to gain a profit off of Babylon, you have to be loyal and allied with Babylon. And so you'd need to take the mark. So while the merchants are getting rich here off of Babylon, we can see that they are allied with her and that's why they're getting rich. Um, she's using them, they're using her. They are part of this world system that has come under judgment by God. And that was the warning that was sent to them in the third uh, angel that um, came to warn of the coming wrath right before the bowl judgments. Revelation 14, 9, if anyone worships the beast in his image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he also will drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is mixed in full strength in the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb. So this is why they are standing off at a distance for fear of her torment. They're not rushing in to help. They might think they are going to escape the wrath that is coming on Babylon. Babylon is going to be the first to fall, just like in the actual battle where Jesus Christ returns to the earth. The Antichrist is the first one to fall. Uh, 
at that point, it's like destroying the head of the, uh, of really like destroying the queen bee. The rest of the bees scatter, they're confused, they have no idea what they're doing. Uh, Babylon's going to be destroyed and the world is going to be sent into chaos in the last few hours of world history. These merchants are going to stand at a distance, what they think is probably a safe distance, scared to go any closer because watching this great political power and great economic power and great religious power fall, um, they will be scared now that if that was able to fall, they might as well be able to fall. But they also continue weeping and mourning. And here they give their uh, great lament. They're saying, whoa, whoa, the great city. Just like the kings said, whoa, whoa, the great city. But this is how they describe her. They describe her um, by their relationship to her. She who was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls. For in one hour such great wealth has been laid waste. Their mourning over her um, has to do with her great wealth and their ability to make wealth off of her. Once again, it says that it was destroyed in one hour, which I think is probably literally one hour. Um, and their, their great lament, the heart of it, is that her great wealth has been destroyed. Um, forget the human lives that uh, were mentioned there. Forget the human lives they've been trading in. They are upset because the wealth that they had been gaining off of her um, is no longer able to be gained off of her. So the whole idea in uh, explaining just the, the uh, utter debasement of their, um, of their mourning and how selfish their mourning is, is to show that uh, they're not repentant, even in the slightest. And we're going to see that here.